Awesome date. February 23rd, 2009. Awesome topic. The World Warriors are back at it again. This is the Awesome Cast. Gentlemen and gentle ladies. Yeah, like girls listen to us. Shut up. This is the awesome cast. I'm Basil. I'm DJ Anabito. And I'm Lee. And that's us. Kinda. Kinda. Last week we promised Lee had a story for us. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'll go get a soda. You guys tell the story. Well, you see, it happened about almost two weeks ago. Don't give me that shit, James. I will kick you in the balls. Back to my story. It happened about, you know, two weeks ago. On my lunch break at work, I was going to Hobby Lobby to get a, pad, a drawing pad because I do the art shit. I was, you know, looking at the looking at the stuff and I uh, heard from a aisle over. Uh, you, a guy working there is like, that's in the next aisle, ma'am. And the lady, the voice of the lady said, no, it's not. I've looked already. Christianity must have made you stupid. Which is, which is a great line right there. But uh, I was like, what the fuck? And the guy's like, no, it is over there. And the crazy lady who I got to see coming through the aisle went over and said, oh, yeah, the canvases are over here. And she was humming to herself and twirling a fake flower around. And I've honestly never met anyone more whacked in my entire life, which is what... Which is what this experience was all boiled down to. So I thought, huh, that's weird. And me and the uh, guy at work there exchange a what-the-fuck look. So I go up into the, you know, the payment line, the, you know, waiting line. And the same crazy lady comes and stands right behind me. And uh, starts chit-chatting with me. At first asking where I'm from. Seems pretty innocuous and all that shit. But then she, you know... She goes, can I ask you a philosophical question? A uh, philosophical? Yeah, she has the same, like, she said, said it just like that. Okay. Fuck you, James. <laughs> a philosophical question. Oh, man, she's like, what if people were on, a, like, a boat and they were about to die? Would God use black magic or white magic to save them? I was like, what the fuck? So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what God would do. And she's like, but I do because I'm an angel. An angel. An angel. And I was like, holy fuck. Crazy go nuts. I was like, screw that. I use blue magic. I cast white wind. Yeah. You know, this is one of the opportunities where I wish I had, you know, done more to screw with her and I'd ask her crazy questions. But I was just so shocked at the whole damn thing that I was just like... Uh, okay. And she was like, 
I used to be the angel of mercy, but now I'm the angel of temperament. And what a temper I have. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, so how does one change, you know, what they work for? When I was trying to ask her, how do you change what kind of angel you are? But she took it as, what do you mean, working for Satan? And I should have said, yeah, working for Satan. What Man, you... I loved them Satans. But no, instead I you know, played nice. And she said that, you know, you just get promoted because she was tired of mercy. But the whole thing was the biggest, she was the biggest whack job I've ever met. So it was quite fascinating. Like, I think, well, I may not have met that person, but I've met similar-minded people at some of our more local artsy-fartsy things. Mm-hmm. Like, we have this place called The Flying Monkey, <laughs> which on Saturdays is their open art market thing, where random people just show up and fill the stuff with stuff to sell. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they had to, like, buy spaces, or they saw the short show, show up, or what. Yeah, I but... think they have to buy spaces and, like, stores and set up that kind of thing for them. But uh, you, you know, it's definitely one of those sort of hipster, you know, kind of places. You can meet some interesting uh, peoples there. And before I forget, she the last thing she said to me before I left was, Oh, you better watch out for my husband. He's black. And I'm not talking about the color of the skin. I'm talking about his magic. Oh, man. And then I was just like, oh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Oh, uh. And as always... Well, not always, but for this podcast till the next one, uh, we are running our contest, where the idea is we try to convince you to talk to us, and we'll give you something for your efforts. Uh, I've got two complaints with the contest, Basil. One, I think that it goes against everything a contest is to have a contest and not have the prize stated up front where it is. true. Because then there's no incentive to enter the contest. Okay, and your second one is? The second one is, we sound kind of whiny. Talk to us, please. Please talk to us. Okay, A, I have figured out the prize. Mm-hmm. And it's a bowl of dicks. No. <laughs> a bag of dicks? Maybe. It's a bag of dicks. Man, I'm glad If you to... want a bag of dicks, haul out the awesome cast. Man, after this awesome cast, I'm going to make sure I still have mine and that you guys didn't harvest it. A bit late for that. Oh, shit. More importantly, I actually got an email, so uh, oh, it shit. worked. <laughs> it's Any- working. Anyways, the prize of the contest is we are going to the Middle Tennessee Anime Convention, aka MTAC, and for that, I thought it'd be kind of cool to make some awesome cast T-shirts. So I figured what we'll do is the prize I'll have I'll pay for an extra one to be made, and we will send it the winner's way. I see. Sounds like a plan. So they're going to get a limited edition, currently one-time printing only, awesome cast t-shirt. And a bag of dicks. And a bag of dicks. That's right. And possibly, you love your dicks. And possibly also, was it a touching Douglas's butt? Hot dickings. Eric doing something, I don't know. Just giving them away. Hot that- dickings. <laughs> Bag of dicks not sold in all states. See back label for details. Some restrictions may apply. No, but really, you'll get an awesome cast t-shirt. And there's a few ways you can do this. One, the easiest way for most people, as far as I can tell, is you leave a comment in the comment section. Or pop us an email at 
awesomecast at gmail.com, or you can give us a call on the awesome line, area code 206-202-0071. Awesome line! But, like I said, someone actually sent us an actual email with, like, an actual question by a Mr. Jamal Jones. So, thank you. This is going to be awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> he says, Hello, Awesome Cast crew. I was wondering if you guys had a game that was raped by the gaming press, but you loved. For me, that would have to be God Hand on the, for the PS2. Clover's swan song was essentially Fist of the North Star, the game. It was so very over the top with its characters, setting, and difficulty, yet never takes itself too seriously. It's a fun game, but I can see why some people don't like it. It still doesn't deserve the score of 3.0 from IGN, though. Anyways, you guys are awesome. Keep it up, guys. Oh, man, a friend of mine on the net uh, loves that game and is always talking to me about that game. But I have net yet to play it myself. It's in my pile of shame <laughs> of the games that I buy and I fully intend to play. And what little I played was pretty fun. You never will. We'll get to it. <laughs> but I was thinking about like what he's mentioning, you mm-hmm. know... Games that aren't lauded by the press or even or get crapped by the press. and Oh, I know a few of those that are like uh, like uh, Mystery Dungeon, Sharon the Wanderer, or any roguelike, especially the hardcore ones, the mainstream critical, you know, the critics hate them and for good reason because they're hardcore. But, uh... Hardcore Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Oh, I ain't All talking about that, that damn Mystery Dungeon Pokemon. <laughs> I'm talking about the real roguelites where you die and you lose all your experience and everything. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Yeah, he's hardcore like made that. for men. But uh, not Pokemon. Yeah, of course, the critics hate those, and most people hate those. But the, uh, us hardcore that like them, you know, we have to deal with them being reviled by the, the press. Pokemon Mystery Dungeons. Not the Pokemon. <laughs> I will shave. It's okay, Lee. You I can, will you shave can your eyebrows off. So what game do you like, Mr. Inabito, that the gaming press hates? It's actually my favorite game ever. Superman 64 is the best game in the entire fucking world, and no one likes it. Why is it such a great game? It's a great game. You get to fly through rings and pick up cars with crappy N64 graphics. I mean, great N64 graphics. Fuck you, James. Be serious here. You can fly through some rings. It's awesome! Man, you, you can't know what, else, you know what else you can fly through some rings? Lair, God. <laughs> I haven't played Lair, so I don't Lair is horrible. Oh. oh my God. Oh. I once used it to test out a PS3, and I felt worse for myself afterwards. I don't know. I only play good games, so. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean you only play games that are lauded by the critics as the best yes, games ever? like Superman 64. <laughs> but no, I was, I was thinking about what he was talking about. My first thought was actually... Um, Lost Odyssey because it wasn't really panned, but it wasn't really lauded either. It was it more or less hit sort of middle of the road from everybody, and it's really kind of weird because Tales of Asperia was pretty well accepted by the press, and I always hear people's biggest complaint, especially in reviews and stuff, about Lost Odyssey is that oh, it's just yet another RPG. The biggest complaint I ever hear about Tales game is, well, it is just another Tales game. The, the, the elements of the story are pretty generic, like the big bad uh, empire and all that from Tales. 
It's true. Like, that's fair, yeah. Well, what, what, I, what I don't get is that the biggest complaint about Tales is that it's a Tales game. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. biggest complaint about Lost Odyssey is that it's a, it's a standard Japanese RPG. In other words, not a Tales game? Well, it's a, it's, it's a genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there, I mean, it's a good example of its genre, and honestly, the best example of that Squaresoft-esque style... Which is what they were going for. Until you see Final Fantasy XIII. Like, there's no other game in that kind of style that you can find on next-gen system, or even recently. What about Final Fantasy XII? Well, there was Final Fantasy XII, like, a year or two ago. Well, that's true. But, you know, Lost Odyssey was just last year, but it never really took off. Yet, a Tales game did, and I'm not quite sure why. Like, I'm wondering if maybe because the, the only Tales game to really make its big splash in America was Symphonia, which was on the... Which was on you know sort of last year's the GameCube, so maybe people aren't quite burnt out on the Tales series like they possibly could be on RPGs. I think it also helped that Tales had an established you know, uh, you know it had established history, and while a lot of famous people worked on Lost Odyssey, nobody really was imp- nobody was really you know it wasn't part of a series. The only thing that came before it was Blue Dragon, which was also panned. So. Well, I guess where I see Blue Dragon is that Blue Dragon isn't quite as interesting as Lost Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lost Odyssey, you could have named it Final Fantasy Thirteen, and people would have believed you. Yeah. Like, and I, I, was, I really actually feel like it, it is the the missing... Um, eleven. Missing Eleven. Because I feel mm-hmm. that you could totally see from Ten what the guy would have made if he had made Final Fantasy Eleven. Lost Odyssey is that game. I'm also wondering maybe if the hardcore moved on to Persona... As their RPG du jour, and instead of like you know an, another Squaresoft style game. Well, while I would, well I wouldn't think that just on my own looking online and reading like, uh, like uh, God, what's that? Some of the RPG review sites they all put like Persona Three is their favorite of the year or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, well, at the time I think Persona Three was the was the best RPG of its year, mm-hmm. which is like two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, but that was well. But Game Lost Odyssey isn't quite, you know, panned. It just wasn't given the oh, it's. I don't want to say due praises, but it wasn't quite as well received as I thought it might have been. Mm-hmm. Especially since it's a very step up from Lost Odyssey. So, bleh, I don't know. It's a big step up from Blue Dragon. Mm-hmm. Now, the game I really think that fits this bill perfectly. As a game that everybody hated except me. What was that? Um, Cinco Narond. I or, never played that. What I was like, that? I liked it okay. What it was, was it? I didn't hate it. It was, um, or as Ubisoft published it as Vortex, Cinco Narond. Oh, that, I enjoyed yeah, that. It's the most niche game ever. It really is. Oh my like, god. Okay. A fighter shmup. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a shoot 'em up versus game. Let me explain. It's by some guys known as G-Rev, which, if you are a hardcore shoot-em-up guy who lives in Japan, I'm sure that name means something to you. I'm kind of a casual shoot-em-up fan, so the names like Under Defeat and Border Down really never meant much to me. What? I also didn't own a Dreamcast, so... I didn't get the chance to play Under Defeat until about a year or two ago, and that thing's actually really nice. That's what I've heard. I highly recommend it if no one's played it yet. But I'm pretty sure that they're, they're all, that's also G-Rev. And I think that, that that's their... It seems to be like G-Rev and Crave seems to be the biggest uh, shmups 
Oh, I've heard of Crave. Crave, Crave releases like three a month. <laughs> and Seiko no Ronde is a series that's, I guess, you know, at least decently well known in the arcades of Japan, mm-hmm. but America's has no clue. Yeah. And what it is, it is a shoot 'em up style game that controls. So you have a ship, you have special powers, you shoot lasers at other ships. The trick is, is that you don't go through levels. It's a versus one-on-one game mm. where you fight another ship as a shoot 'em up game that also includes optional controls for a fighting game. Like, you can do, like, quarter circle forwards and stuff and unleash extra special attacks. There's even a thing where you go into boss mode where you actually turn into a giant in-game style boss yep. and try to defeat your opponent. It's incredibly interesting, and if you have someone to play against, it's really fun. It's also got great characters. At least I found them mm-hmm. interesting. You know, and it's got you know sort of a story and a goofy you know, anime esque sci fi story that strings you along. That sort of makes sense, sort of doesn't, but you really don't care. Much like all fighting games and shoot 'em up games. It's true. <laughs> the trick is, unless you have a friend to play with, the AI can get kind of boring. And again, it's an incredibly niche title because you've got the fighting game niche like Street Fighter and King of Fighters and whatnot. And then you have your old school classic shoot 'em up genre guys. Mm. And they don't always cross and, and intersect. And they have to to really enjoy the game. And, and this one t- requires you to be both a fighter fan and a shoot 'em up fan to really enjoy this game. And unfortunately, while it does have Xbox Live, you try to find someone to play with <laughs> on this game. Because you're not going to. And chances are, if they're if you do... They're from Japan, laggy as hell, and they're way better than you. Obviously. That's how it is with Japan. <laughs> like, because I tried when this game first came out. The only people I could find to play were Japanese. They were way better than me, and my character would move for a moment, and I'd die. Man, I'm going to try and get on Xbox Live with that now. <laughs> but whenever I've dragged my friends, like, hey, we should play this game, we've always had fun. I enjoyed it. And... I think Ubisoft's big big thing, what they really shouldn't have done, was A, this was a disc retail game, which they charge $60 for. Mm. And let me tell you, no matter how good I think this game is, well, I paid $60 and enjoyed it, no other right minds probably would pay $60 for this game. Especially from a license that no one's ever heard of before, a developer that only certain people know. You know, guess what? We were the ones that already bought the game, and we were like the few hundred copies that probably sold. You know, nowadays you can find it, the disc, the game, still possibly even brand new, at like GameStops for like 5 or $10. And yeah. for that, it's totally worth it. But it's one of those games, it's a well-made game for what it's trying to do, much like God Hand, which is a really great beat-em-up, but never got, you know, I think it's as good as, you know, what I've played. It's right there like God of War, Devil May Cry, and other things. It's a really, really good beat-em-up game. But, and this is a really good, you know, shoot-em-up versus title. It might be the only one in its, you know, genre, but it's cool. I think, had they put this out as an Xbox Live Arcade title, for like 10 or 20 bucks, I think it would have done really well. Because mm-hmm. the graphics are good, the music's good. But I don't think it's quite enough that I, I'm sure they could have shrunk it down file-wise into something that you could put on Xbox Live Arcade. Because, like I said, it's a versus title. 
there's not a lot of there's well it's complex gameplay there's not like a complex you know levels or anything it's all you know one versus one mm-hmm. I bet it would have done way better that way but I'm not the one who published it yep or developed it so but it was known as Wartech most people know it as Cinco Narand it's good stuff totally recommend it I didn't even realize it was an IP of some sort I just well, it's no a, Wartech Cinco Narand well Cinco Narand's like is <laughs> an arcade game series that well, they've been doing yeah, I'd never heard of it <laughs> is my point well, yeah, no one's ever, like, only reason why I know is that an old coworker of mine who, at one time, he sold most of his stuff off, but he was the, uh, he had, he was probably in the running for largest Saturn collection ever in the world. Mm-hmm. He had, like, a full run of the American, almost full run of, of Europe, and almost a full run, possibly full run of Japan. All the games, he had 32 Saturns. The man is a shoot fiend. 32 Saturns? Yeah, 32 Saturns. Why the hell would you have 32 Saturns? He collected them. 31 backups. I got you. And some of them were like the really expensive Navi Saturns that had GPS units built into them that sell for thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, he's... The man was... Was there a GPS unit in a Saturn? I just know that these things exist. I don't try to explain these things. I just know they're there. But you hold all the answers, Basil. You're supposed to know this shit. I'll... Next time I... I'll ask him. That's right. I'll ask go. him. You son of a bitch. Because chances are we might actually have him for possibly the Retro Game Challenge podcast. Mm. Which is next week, week after next? It's coming up. Um, Probably next week. <laughs> we'll see. I'm also possibly going to ask him in for possibly a Lost Odyssey podcast if someone else would play it. I'll play it eventually. That's what I always hear. Lost Odyssey is also good. If you have a 360, those are both great games. And you have 120-something hours to sink into it. It's not that long. You need, like, 60 hours. Okay, 60 hours. 60 hours. Come on. Shit. That's not that bad, right? Right? <laughs> so, alright, so, first email, guys, that wasn't, like, spam. I prefer the Viagra advertisements. Nah, man. Mr. Jones has got it going on. Look, look at this. Wait, wait, wait. I want to notice something. This guy's username for his email. Let's see if I can find it. Where'd you put that at, uh, email? I got it over here. This guy's username for his email. But don't say the full thing. But... I'm not, but... His username is Jamal the Cheater. He's cheating to win this contest, I'm sure. He could be. He could be. It might be a bot sending us an email about our contest. Uh... Jamal, you're disqualified. No, you're not. He's lying. I'm fucking disqualified, you he, fucking he, bot. He honestly asked an actual question. So I, you know, even if he is a bot... How could a bot ask an actual question like that? I don't know about this technology. It just happens. And he's got this um, this blog, which I checked, and he's apparently some guy from Texas. And there's actual blog posts on it. I don't think he's a bot. It's an advanced bot. It's a very an advanced, advanced blog bot. posting Jamal, bot. you are a very... <laughs> Advanced bot. The Whoa. bot wins the t-shirt. The bot might just win the t-shirt. You guys are so nice to our fans. I know. Hey, he, it says in his email that he is a cheater. Well, I gotta get it right here. Well, you can't judge a book by their email. I bet he looks like Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Right now, he's in he's in his you know secret Texan buggery. Ah, crap! They're on to me. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> the awesome cast is going to get denial of service so soon. <laughs> oh, God. We like you, Jamal. 
Okay, so. Cheater. And I'm going to cheat by saying we're moving straight on to the world of awesome. <laughs> David Ayer might be writing the middle year movie once more. He might be writing it? Well, Uh-oh. he's a screenwriter. I mean, he. That's did... funny, because he's a screenwriter and the voice actor, so he's way involved. Like, well, I mean, he's wrote screenplays for things like, you know, the upcoming Watchmen flick. He worked on the script. Mm. He worked on the script for some of the X-Men movies. Um, it might well be better as... than Hideo Kojima working on it. it. might make sense after that. Well, one of the, his interviews said he thought he could do a better job, but anyways. Oh, snap. Um, for a while, they were, they were saying no, but apparently in recent comments, he said, the story's not over yet. The development of any movie is never done until it's done. There have been some conversations of late that might resurrect the possibility of me doing the film, which I would love to do. But until it happens, there's not much point in saying anything publicly. I'll just stir the waters a bit and see how it comes together. I had a pretty interesting conversation about, about a week and a half ago, so we'll see. Uh-oh. So, uh... Metal Gear. We'll see what goes. I mean, he did point out that, you know, he's been doing the role of Solid Snake and... Naked Snake and other snakes. For, you know, like, you know, on ten years now. You know, he's played through all the games. He's voice acted all the games. You know, he's a very accomplished screenwriter and actor. He could be the best person for the job. Would he be able to actually act to Solid Snake too? I kind of doubt that, but maybe. I don't know. I honestly think that he... I personally think that he could pull off the job. Mm-hmm. I think he looks enough like Snake that they could, with the right makeup and whatnot, they could whip him into shape, and I think he could do a fine job. Well, that would be the ultimate thing ever, actually having the guy that did the voice to, to voice act, I mean, to act as the actor. That'd be awesome. It would be, so we'll, we'll just have to see. Well, uh, at least he's fully involved in it. I mean, if anyone knows Snake, I'm sure David, David Hater does know Snake. Yeah. I am no David Hater hater. Mm. And look out, Blizzard fans. Oh, God. Because on a post, an official post... From Tagoli. And Battle.net Forums. Whatever. On the official Battle.net Forums, apparently uh, they noticed their inability to hit release dates. <laughs> but they're, while they're not offering a solid release date for StarCraft Two. however, they did say by, hang in there, we're in the final stretch. So, hey guys, they're in the final stretch. So we'll have it in like five years? Yeah, possibly. From your insider information from your secret sources, uh, GameStop, uh, does they have a release for the uh, pre-orders or anything? According to GameStop, and this changes like every day, last time I looked, it was sometime in June. I don't actually expect that. That ain't happening. I'm really, right now, I'm seeing much more closer possibly in the holiday season. But I'm sort of thinking, if they're if they're saying, you know, stuff like Final Stretch, I think they might have entered one of their, um, another beta period, where their, their betas are getting more and more finalized. Mm. I have a feeling, I would not be surprised if it came out holiday this year. Man, it better be awesome or I'm going to lose my faith in Blizzard. Oh, that'll never happen. You know, as soon as it comes out, you'll play it, you'll love it. Then there's Universe of StarCraft. 
Which will suck us in for eight more years. That's right. Identify target. No. Man, Blizzard, speaking of like MMOs, you need to get some more authenticators so I can buy one. So I'm not worried that my account's about to get hacked. <laughs> so everyone we've known who plays World of Warcraft has had their account hacked. Some twice. Some getting hacked while they're on the game. Look what happened to me. That was awesome. I'm sitting God, there man. with my Blood Elf at 1 in the morning on a Saturday. All of a sudden, you have been disconnected from the server. Try to log back in. This password does not match. Oh, shit balls! That was fun. Like, yeah. So, oh. That is a bunch of shit. So, how's, how's your authenticator working? My authenticator is working fine now. I managed to snag one from a co-worker, and it seems to be working okay. That's good. It's pretty neat. It has a little code that changes every minute that you have to enter that's assigned to your account. So, um... So, did you lose anything during that last hack? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess... I guess oh, well, obviously, got there, I guess, obviously. But. The the GMs at Blizzard are actually pretty good about that, though. Is they'll, 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 they'll get your stuff back to you pretty quickly. You may not get everything, but... Yeah. They like to give you your initial equipment within, like, the couple... Within a good time... Within a day of you submitting the ticket that, hey, my stuff has been hacked... Please uh, help me out here. And I'll usually send what gear you had on and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. For gold and other stuff, it takes a little while longer. In other news, apparently, Nintendo has dumped some more money into something known as Project Sora. Now, we don't think it's oh, Sora God. from Kingdom Hearts. Really? Uh, well, if it's Nintendo, then they wouldn't be dumping money into Kingdom well, Hearts. Project Sora stems from Sora. Which is a studio that um, that the guy who did made Kirby and Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Mas- Masahiro Sakurai, he is sort of he left Nintendo to form his group known as Sora, mm-hmm. and has its own little development studio. Well, Nintendo has just you know dumped two billion dollars into him. Are you sure it's into him and not into some other unrelated project that's also named Sora? No, no, they're 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 called Project Sora, but they're dumping money into his company called Sora. Okay, I gotcha. So we're pretty sure that he's probably doing something for Nintendo, but he's already announced that's not another Smash Brothers game. And since his last two major uh, three games that he made were all Smash Brothers titles, it'll be interesting to see what he actually uh, comes out with. But he's known how to make good games. I mean, he made the first few Kirby games, and all the Smash Brothers have been good. So it probably will be good, you know, good stuff. Now, what uh, may not be so good stuff is the uh, Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li oh, movie. Oh, God. The one where Chun-Li's not actually Asian at all? That's Who is right. this white bitch? Why is he playing Chun-Li? I don't get it. I mean, I mean... Where are thighs? I mean, I know... Thighs, hello? I, I know is, is, you know, I would hope we have come far enough where we can, ex- can watch a movie that's not starring a white person. I hope we've no. come that far. No. I guess no, I'm however, wrong. I guess I'm wrong. As long as Jean-Claude Van Damme is in this one, I think all would be forgiven. And they raise Raul Julia from the dead to play M. Bison. That might be forgivable. That that would be... <laughs> if they could raise just Raul Julia from the dead, that would be just impressive on its own. But we're not expecting that. And it's not looking good. Looks like uh, 20th Century Fox is going, yeah, not so much with the... Uh, Screenings, guys. You're not to. If you want to review the movie, you gotta watch it when it comes out, like everybody else. Which usually means the movie sucks. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna suck. It's gonna be travesty. But if we had lived in Japan, we would at least get a quick, you know, before the movie started, we'd get a cute little Sakura anime thing. And we're not even getting that. Now, apparently, uh, they've announced... We're not even getting that! That's right. We're, we're not, not even getting to... Apparently, Japan... Down, buddy. <laughs> their Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, they're getting a new animated short that's going to star Sakura. You know, the character from that sort of follows her around, the little fangirl, mm. and as long as moves. They're actually, it's going, it's being animated by Studio 4C. We're not even getting it. Who did the um, animations for the game that are the sort of post-story and mm. after, you know, beating the game, you know, clips as well as the um, the uh, Street Fighter Four, the Ties That Bind promo film that came with the collector's editions, which we'll talk yeah. about a little bit. You know, they're doing the animation for it, so it's probably going to be at least pretty decent. Mm. And we're not getting it. We're not even getting it! Like, you know... a bit of a weeaboo if you haven't figured that out. No, by like now. we aren't weeaboos in one way or another. <laughs> but it would have been nice if we got, like, you know, some title version or something, you know. Something that would at least, you know, look decent before we watch the travesty of the, you know, the white, non-thigh Chun-Li edition. Oh, my Chun-Li. I, I don't how, get that. How they have sullied you. Makes me sad. Anyway, <laughs> I'd like to point out something I found called uh, Slide America. It's a documentary on drift culture in America, and it's basically these guys from Atlanta. They pile in a van and go to like 20 cities across the United States. It starts in Atlanta and it ends in uh, California, and I think it's awesome, and I think everyone should check it out. You can go to slideamerica.com or driftmechanics.com. And you can see some, in real life, uh, initial D action. And I think it's pretty cool. But, anyways. But tonight's topic conversation is Street Fighter 4. Street Fighter, you're probably not going to be listening to this anyway. It's a series where people beat the shit out of each other virtually. And if you don't, that doesn't tell you anything, maybe. Hadouken! Well, you know. I'll duke you. I mean, Street Fighter is sort of one of the hallmarks of video gaming. It's true. I mean, it created the entire, pretty much created the entire, you know, versus, you know, fighting game genre. 
I know some nerdy people who would say Yi Air Kung Fu did it first. That's a bunch of bullshit. It, it was, was first, Fighter, yeah. but Street Fighter established it. Street Fighter 2 established it. Yeah. Street Fighter, no one gave a crap. About. It's just like how Super Mario yeah. Brothers, you know, established the platforming genre. Either they're platformers beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we got a bunch of revisions of that. And they finally gave us Street Fighter 3, which is a great game that no one played until way later. Yeah. Only enough. And I love me. I didn't get to play it until I went to an arcade in Orlando one year, and uh, didn't really seriously play it until a couple of years ago. But yeah, before Street Fighter Three, we got all the Alpha stuff. Oh, That's I, also true. I remember yeah. that. But apparently, they weren't even planning on even making a Street Fighter anything anymore. Mm-hmm. They were just going to constantly remake the older stuff mm-hmm. until they released a version of Street Fighter, not the Turbo Remix. But hyper fighting, which was just using the old sprites um, on 360, and it did so well, they're like, "Huh, maybe we should make a new Street Fighter." And this was after three, right? This is way yeah, after. This three. is way after three. This is this was uh, on Xbox Live Arcade, right? Three's like almost like ten years old. Yeah. Oh right, right. Like three is old as as, as old as dirt as far as most three video games. Is hella old. <laughs> It's it's been a while since we've had a real Street Fighter sequel, and yeah, you know, and and it and it is, and you know, I, I think it's the only one that's really. I mean, I think Capcom's really turned Street Fighter Four at least for its launch as sort of an event. Yeah, well, of course, you've got this legacy for this game, and they've got to bring it in with a bang, and they've got to hype it all up, and they succeeded in that actually. And I think it brought a lot of new players into. Uh, the Street Fighter verse, I guess yeah. that's it. Well, I mean, beforehand, you know, when say like Dead or Alive came out or Virtua Fighter came out, Hori would just make their same arcade stick mm-hmm. over and over again. When they made, you know, Wii arcade stick, they've used the exact same style as their 360 stick. They just changed the the button colors and the the output. But Capcom. All people trained up with Mad Cats and, you know, released a line of controllers. Yeah. You know, and I never thought I would spend $150 on a Mad Cats product and it'd be the best arcade I've ever played with in my life. Because if you know anything about Mad Cats, in the past, Mad Cats has been synonymous with sucking like shit. But Does shit really suck that much? Yeah, shit, shit. Well, shit can suck, I guess. I mean, how many shits could a shit chuck suck? Ah, you fucked it up. I fucked up my own. But we're full of profanity in this awesome cast here today, folks. Obviously, <laughs> but seriously, I mean, they released the the Street Fighter Four Tournament Stick Limited Edition thing. It's one hundred fifty dollars. You probably can't find it anymore, but I reserved it, so I got one. It there was, was a run of three, and Basil has one. They That's have right. a lesser non-tournament one for like 90 or 80 don't they? It's like 80 bucks, which is a little bit easier to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. But this one, you know, they have, they use the same Sanwa parts. As far as I know, it's the same... I know they're Sanwa, and Sanwa is like the guys you go to to buy arcade parts. Yeah. Like the sticks and the buttons and whatnot. And I think they use the same ones they use in the arcade cabinets. They are. And, they, and they a tournament are. stick. You 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 buy that tournament edition stick. You're buying what's on the arcade machine, basically, which is like, pretty darn awesome. They they you know they set the buttons in the same way. 
they made sure the artwork looks very similar to what's actually what you would see when you were to step up to the arcade machine. It's pretty epic. It's a nice heavy stick. It feel it controls like a dream. Everything just feels correct. And I've talked to some folks who actually got to play on the arcade machine. They were like, "This, this is like playing on the arcade machine." When I thought it was really cool, but while that's super expensive, well, it was also really the eighty dollars version, which uses Mad Cat's parts. What they, the thing that they did was they made both sticks incredibly easy to mod. Mm-hmm. What they did, if you pop open the stick, there's actually sort of almost like a switch box, a fuse box, mm-hmm. where all the buttons are connected to, and it's really easy to just pull out the fuse mm-hmm. or whatever the connector, buy a buy a new set of buttons or whatever. Pop the pop the old ones out, pop new ones in, and just connect them to the switch box, and you're done. Unlike this Hori controller, which is like all sealed into itself, so sealed it and soldered, and yep. So when it dies, it's dead. Yep. But this one, if you say your your button starts sticking, you can just open it up, pop out the buttons, pop in new ones, you're done. I, I have it's heard a bit reports, harder than that, but you know. I've ha- I have heard reports of uh, the normal non-tournament edition one problems with them. Of the joystick and some of the buttons starting to stick. Well, it is Mad Cat's parts. True. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not, not, but you know, and, and when the, when the turn six launched, there were some kerfluffles mm-hmm. where they were some of the some people who were actually, while the engineering for the sticks are very good, mm-hmm. the actual plants where they were putting them together, some of the plants were a little bit better at actually doing it than others. Right. And so a lot of people got sticks that were, you know, defective. I'm paying and, uh, eighty bucks for a eighty bucks for a joystick. I want it to be damn good. Well, especially one hundred fifty bucks for a joystick. Well, yeah, but now, we had less problems with those. For what I understand is, you know, Mad Cats is doing a very good job of you know fixing all these problems, mm-hmm. which is good because Lord knows if you try to take it back to a retailer, you're never going to get one again. Mm-hmm. So that's good. They also released some fight pads, which I haven't tried yet, but they're sort mm-hmm. of the same similar style as the, as a Saturn Joy Pad. Where they've got that uh, sort of the um, where they take the they've got the six buttons. button layout yeah instead the, of yeah the um, and the, sort of the floating D pad yeah as there's two types of major types of D pads there's the ones that are just like the actual D pads just sort of there kind of like a Super Nintendo controller or better better known as the, um, how the PlayStation yeah do their controllers mm-hmm. where you. Where you have the D-pads there, but they're all like individual clickable buttons. It's like a solid cross, yeah. kind of in a way. Whereas a floating D-pad, which is what Saturn has, whereas you've sort of got this disc that can move in all the directions, but it's sort of floating on the top of the controller. It's not quite embedded into it. Oh. And the floating style is what they're using. Um, a really crappy example of the floating style is the 360 D-pad. Yeah. Hopefully, this one is a good example of the D-pad like the Saturn was which was awesome but yeah so and they made these sticks because Street Fighter 4 came out and I thought that was really interesting you know they commissioned Studio 4C who has done anime for years Mm -hmm. to make you know the openings and endings for all the various character storylines in the game and then, just for limited editions of the game, they released a, they made a one hour, you know, movie. Yep. That's only limited editions, that's a prequel to tell you the story of what's going on in Street Fighter 4. How many video games 
do you see them do that? I mean, you've seen things like Dot Hack where they'll do a TV show. Mm. But that's its own mark. Uh, well, yeah, but they're, they're trying to market it as its own separate product. This was just a, hey, here's an awesome Street Fighter thing for all the Street Fighter fans. Yeah. Which they might package later on, but you know, for right now, the only way can do it is if you've got a limited edition, collector's edition of the game. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, you know, really, really neat of them, and it sort of, you know, I think it raises, you know, the overall level of the brand better, because there's all these things. I mean, the weekend after the game came out, they've already started the national tournament. And wear it at all the game stops, where so people can see people playing this game and can try it out, so they'll buy it. I mean, it's it's you know it's it's not quite the media blitz that like you know Halo has. Mm-hmm. It feels much more homegrown to it. You know, much more. You know, I mean, they did several websites that were all like very much like Street Fighter is cool, but they are done by fans. It really feels like they're turning this sort of into an event, but it's like it's like it's a milestone. It's not like oh, well, Halo 3's got a lot of marketing push behind it. It feels like, oh, man, it's a new Street Fighter. Exactly. As opposed to 3, which pretty much got Jack. Yeah, it did get Jack. <laughs> it got Jack. No one heard about it. It deserves so much better. It does. Well, two of the, one of the primary ideas of 3 was a complete reset of the Street Fighter universe as we knew it. Mm-hmm. Originally, they weren't even planning to bring back Ryu. <laughs> They eventually decided they would just bring him back, and that was it. And every other character was brand new because they wanted to restart everything from scratch. They wanted to, they thought they, that three should be a restart. Mm-hmm. And you know, much like Street Fighter Two was a complete restart from one. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening was no one knew any of the characters, and so you started to see a few more like Akuma show up and Chun Li show up, but still. The bulk was people don't have any clue who they were. And a lot of people want that familiarity. Which is why 4 has a lot, most of the two... 4, four has all Everybody. the original classics. The yeah. original 12. <laughs> well, I mean, most of, as in, out of all the characters, most of them could be found in 2. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got the original 12. Four brand new people, just like, you know, how Super Street Fighter had four new people. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a few, like, a few from Alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two of the, um, yeah, two of the ones from Super, as well as, you know, and, the original 12, and, you know, so they, you've got a, you've got a very good mix of old and new and slightly except less Except from Third Strike. Sadly, no, there aren't any Third Strike characters. There's no, no Makoto, Makoto, there's no Oro. No Dudley. No Dudley. Dudley's... Balrog is not Dudley, sorry. But, Deadly is so much more awesome than Balrog, in he my is. personal <laughs> opinion. Well, also remember that timeline-wise, Street Fighter Three takes. Uh, sorry, Street Fighter Four takes place in between Street Fighter Two and Street Fighter Three. Yeah. So in theory, the people of Street Fighter Three haven't made their appearance yet. Which now I think know. it'd be kind of neat if they did Street Fighter Five, where they include people from Street Fighter Four and Street Fighter Three. That would be as, awesome. as a mix. And at least I didn't you know title uh, you know Street Fighter Four as Street Fighter Alpha uh, Street Fighter Beta because it's not Alpha. Just just wait, just wait. We'll get a Street. We're gonna get a Street Fighter Four Turbo. We're gonna see a Street Fighter Four Champion Edition. <laughs> well, we'll Super f- Duper Street Fighter Four Hyper Fighting. What you call it? Well, we'll uh, third uh, Street Fighter Three only had three different iterations, so I'm interested yeah. to see how many this will have. It's true. 
Well, I know that they've already announced DLC for it, besides just mm-hmm. costume packs, and one of them is the Championship Edition pack, which will allow you to like save and replay like matches, mm-hmm. as well as a better um, system for um, selecting your opponents. And I think something else, like, but it's stuff that's supposed to make it more tournament friendly. They need to especially add, online. They need, yeah, they need to add it online where you can have rooms instead of just this one-on-one bull crap. Yeah, we've been playing it online, and I haven't been able to figure out a way to get multiple people on one game. Like you know how HD and hyper fighting had quarter mode or player match where you could wait in line, watch other people play. And then you can play. All I've found so far online is one-on-one matches. You can't get into a lobby with more than one person. Which is lame, because I've had the most fun with HD, you know, getting online. James will be in one room, and I'll be in the other, and we'll play a bunch of people online, and I have a blast that way. Yeah. It definitely makes it feel more like an arcade Mm -hmm. that way. And you get to watch other people play. That definitely makes you a better player in general, if you get learn tactics and things like that from... No. Other I people. do like how you can set up so while you're playing the arcade, someone can jump up and challenge you while you're playing the arcade mode, and it's just like if someone were to had press the start on another controller while you're there. Yeah, that I like. I do like that a lot. But wouldn't it be annoying if you're about to beat, like, uh, Seth, and then all of a sudden yeah. somebody pops up? You, you are, and you can go in and turn that off in the options. Well, yeah, but, but if you... Well, now, say, if you turn on the options and you get the Seth... And then suddenly, you know, someone pops up. Well, you did, you know, make yourself available. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of your your fault, which I fixed by unplugging my router. <laughs> so I automatically was in line, finished my fight, then turned it off. Nice. I just went and turned it off when I was trying to unlock characters and things like mm-hmm. that. It's true. Does it happen a lot? I mean, when you're playing, how often are Oh, you... it happens about every other match. It happens about every other match. Sometimes several times in the same match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one time it. I got through one round, and then I got started. Get they started flooding in. What happens if you lose to the other person? Uh, you just you can it, you can stick around and pull fight each other. You can go back to the arcade mode. Yeah, when, uh, whenever you're done, it just plops you back where you left off. Mm-hmm. Now what sucks is say you beat your match, and then right as you're about to move off the screen, you get challenged. Yep. Because then that match never counts, and yep. your and your win didn't count, so you just have to fight that same guy over again. Wow. Which you know that, that's, but that's what you, that's what you, what happens. And if anyone's playing online, that's listening to this podcast. You fuckers pick someone that's not Ryu or Ken, or Akuma. I don't care about Akuma. I played tonight. I fought Ryu, 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 Ken, Ryu, Ken, Ryu, in that order. In every match I played, pick a character. Play Chun Li. Play a Forte. Play fucking Zangief. I don't care. Man. Get out of your box! I know they'd never do it because Ryu and Ken are their big se- are two of their biggest selling points of the game, but to have a game without any uh, Shoto dudes would be pretty awesome. Yeah, they're the standard, man. I know. <laughs> well, remember, the entire game is based around Ryu. Well, yeah. That, that's, that's... Ryu's the main character, yeah. pretty much. Well, that's what I was saying. They could never do it, but it'd be interesting. So maybe we should go back to the, you know, the base is what Street Fighter Four really is. People beating the shit out of each other. Well, like, I mean, you know... With superpowers? Well, it's, it, well, it's true. It's very much still the same as Street Fighter 2 as far as the basic. You move left to right, you use button combinations, 
all that. They've added some features from uh, three and added some advanced. Uh, things. I, I was reading something on. I was reading some reviews of it online, and I'd like to say that it, it does play more like Third Strike than it does. Two. Oh, really? In my opinion, it does. Mm-hmm. In the way it combos and cancels and well, all that the technical abilities of it. That you can't parry in this one, though. They took away parrying, and I can understand why they did that, but I do miss it. But they replaced it with something called focus attacks instead, mm-hmm. which are they're pretty neat. Um, you just hit both mids, uh, mid punch and mid kick, and you will absorb an attack and pretty much counter with one of your own. Yeah. And if you charge it fully, it becomes an unblockable focus attack. Yeah, like it's it's really neat because you know while like say. Mr. Inabito is whooping up on me. I can be taking those hits, but I'm prepping my own hit for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know, so while I'm taking damage, my, my hit can still come through if I let go. And if I can pull all the way through, I'm going to knock his ass out because yeah. I just pulled up a full folk stack, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And adds a little bit more, you know, especially if you're a really heavy blocker, it's a new way to go, okay, while you're still taking damage, you at least dish him out and not just yeah. internal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, they also have things like, um, there's also um, EX moves, which are different. I'm so happy they they kept EX moves. I love EX moves. My only one problem with EX moves, and this is just because I suck right now, is I'll be trying to pull off a super move, and I'll use the EX instead. Well, you gotta gotta practice, son. Yeah, I know, I gotta practice. So, Anabita, so what are EX, EX decks? Well, EX moves are super special additions compared to normal special moves. Instead of just hitting one button, you can hit more than one button, either two or three, and you'll unleash a more powerful version of that special move. For example, Chun-Li's uh, helicopter kick. It'll go across the screen and do some damage, but if you EX it, she stays in one place in helicopter kicks, and it'll do more damage. While glowing yellow. While glowing yellow. All That's... EX attacks make you glow yellow, yes. so you can know, oh shit, I pulled off an EX attack. An- another and... version of this would be fireballs. You can EX fireball and it'll count for two hits instead of one. Things so like if that. they throw a regular fireball, it'll only cancel one of those and the others will still probably hit them. Yes. <laughs> now how do you fill up your EX? By beating the shit out of people. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you, have four, you have four bars on the bottom of your... Uh, screen there, and each when you fill one up, you have, you fill up an EX slot. You can either save all four for a super combo, or you can use one bar for an EX move. And whether it's worth it or not to save or use right away is up to how you play as a yep. player and what you're comfortable with, pretty much. But there's also Ultra Combos! Yes, the Ultra Combos. How, the thing how, everyone cries about. How do you use those, and why do people cry about them? People cry about them because they think they do too much damage, but you have to realize that they're a little more, more complicated to pull off, and you have to be in certain situations to actually hit something with them. Mm-hmm. So, Like, while there is a meter that fills up while you're beating on people, mm-hmm. there's also a meter that fills up as you get beat on. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the revenge meter. And the more, the more your revenge meter is filled up, the more damage you will end up doing with the super combo. And I think Lee just asked how you pull those off. Usually, um, it varies per character, but usually it's a motion of some one of their special moves twice, and all three punches and all three kicks. 
What about the ultra combo? How is that different from the super combo? It's generally the same. Instead of all three punches or all three kicks, it will use the motion twice and one button or the motion twice and two buttons. Ah. Once again, it varies from character to character. I better study up so I can... And it's neat because whenever you press the... You know, when you pause the menu while you're playing the game, you can bring up the move list for every character you've unlocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which will tell you how to do everything. And one of the neat things about this game is that they will show you everything. They've got a very intensive training mode where you can set the opponent to do whatever you want them to do while you can test moves on them. Yeah. And there's also a challenge mode. Which can really teach you some neat shit. Which has all sorts of different ways of challenging yourself, including one which pretty much shows you all like the combos it, and moves of the game. It teaches you how to cancel. It teaches you... It starts off very basic, showing you basic moves specific to the character, and then the special moves... Then it tells you how to cancel, and then it tells you combos and canceling, and it's actually really hard once you start getting into the nitty gritty of it. Which and what canceling is, I believe, is when you start one move and immediately move into another move before you finish the first move. Right, that's correct. Like what you don't, a lot of people don't quite realize is that Street Fighter is way deeper than you might think it is. Because yeah. while you can just throw down on buttons and just you know come wail on other people. When you get really into it, it is, there's a whole other world that you can, you know, oh, use. Oh, no, watch out. Who let this knee in here? <laughs> yeah, Street Fighter is very tactical. It's You have to memorize, like, if you really want to get into it, The I know some of the more hardcore players are analyze each frame of the character and they can tell you which... Know which frame this character is vulnerable at in and the actual hardcore. character animation. I don't do that, but I know lots of people who do. And what's neat about Street Fighter Four is they wanted an updated look for Street Fighter. Yeah, and, and they, boys, they get it. Well, they decided to do was they, they they would render everything in three D, you know, polygons and everything, mm-hmm. and it's a very really neat, almost cell shaded cartoon style to it, which it was very, which while it still is very Street Fighter. It still looks very, you know, HD, high-def, rendered, neat look to it. But while the look is fully 3D, the gameplay is still very much 2D hitboxes. Yeah. The same way they've built Street Fighters the entire time previously. It's definitely not EX. It's a ton better than EX, actually. And uh, now that now people who uh, didn't want to get into the series because they're like, meh... It's sprites, man. It's not good enough. For now, like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Not addressing anyone in particular, of course. Of course not. But for those, you know, that are, are graphics horrors, well, guess what? Now you've got the gameplay and, you know, the graphics. And while Street Fighter, you know, 4 has all these, you know, in-depth moves, you don't have to know all these in-depth stuff to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Especially if you and your friend you're playing both don't know it. Yeah, if one of you knows it, you make it your ass kicked a lot. I'd never do something like that. Ever. No, never. <laughs> no, you wouldn't fight us for like several hours and go, okay, well now it's time to unleash my true power! And then, you know, kick us our asses for the next 20 uh, minutes. I only busted up to like level 3 on you guys. It's okay. How many levels you got? 9,000. <laughs> I don't have over 9,000 I just have 9,000 Just 9,000 Just 9,000 Just 9,000 I'll have to get you up to at least like 500 I don't know You need practice man Both of you need to practice I've been practicing What are you talking about? 
Damn it, Lee. Back away when you sweep. I, yeah, I got in a tournament and he gave me some advice. All of it was very good. I only followed one point because I have this habit of, but after I knock someone down, I'm like, oh, I gotta go, like, stick on them and then when they get up, hit them again. But they'll get up and, like, dragon punch me and I'll be screwed. Yes. Although, that Cap- to watch. Though Capcom does some complaints, why in the world is characters like Sakura and Kami... Yeah, why unlockables. Unlockables. Oh my god, why, why aren't... Why isn't Dan straight up available? Come on. No, I was actually... Was bored the other day. It was reading a history of Dan. Mm-hmm. Most of the games that Dan are in that aren't like SNK type games, uh-huh. he's unlockable. Really? Like, in a lot of the games, he is, he, he starts off as an unlockable character. He's wow. not actually the opening cast. I know he's an alpha. I'm not really familiar what other games he's in, but... He's the king of fighters. <laughs> I had a sense. Psycho! But you know, man, this one, Dan, you have to unlock, you have to unlock Sakura to just be able to unlock Dan. Yeah. So he, Which, he's a second tier unlockable. Well, it makes sense as they technically go to the same dojo that, that Dan founded. And then she sort of goes there more to hang out than to actually learn anything. Yeah. Dan's dojo, if anything goes, martial arts. Except it's like the, Sayako it, it, or something it's like Psycho. that. Psycho. Psycho. S A I K Y O. Except but Hadoukens don't really go there very yeah. well. <laughs> well. Dan is against Hadouken. Oh, man. Hadouken. Oh. Hadouken. Man. Oh, that's okay. I hear some men have that problem. Premature uh, Hadouken? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, and, but some of these characters, I understand Akuma, I understand Goken, and I understand Seth. Stupid Seth. Oh, Fuck I hate Seth. Seth. Seth, Fuck you are Seth. a dick. You are a huge penis. It was like, oh, how can we make a boss character that'll be the most annoying boss character in the history of boss characters? His name will be Seth. His name will be Seth. Man. And he'll Ab- have a stupid yidding thing for his stomach. A- Abel, Abel was kind of shitty to play against, but fuck Seth. Fuck Seth. I noticed Fable can be kind of a pain. Rufus can be a real pain. Mm-hmm. Zangief can be a beast, yeah. but there's nothing annoying like a man named Seth. Yeah. No offense all those other Seths out there, but this Seth, this oh, Seth is a disgrace. I'll behind somewhere. you and grab you and throw you in the air. Yes, there's not a goddamn exactly. thing you can do. Yes. He's got this EX Zangief. That's the other thing. He's not an original character. He's a amalgamation of every other character because he steals others' data. I call it Capcom being lazy about their last boss. Yeah, for real. <laughs> he could do the long arm thing like a dowsing. He could do, you know, sonic boom. With one arm. Yeah. He's like, sonic boom, sonic boom, sonic boom. He could do Zangief's crazy, you know, pile, pile drivers. drivers. Yep. And he could, like, warp behind you, kick you in the air, pile drive He's you. got the yoga teleport of Dalsium, yep. and he's got a dragon punch. And they're yeah. all faster than the originals, and they're all stronger. And the dragon punch hits, like, a bunch of times. And he's always EXs that shit. <laughs> yeah. Even on easiest, he has a pain to fight. I, I almost think, I almost wonder if if he's even any easier on easiest in, car- in comparison to like easy or something. He is. he is. Really? He's still a bitch, but yeah, he is. And some of the unlocks are kind of crazy to do. Like Akuma, where you have to mm-hmm. get like perfects and ultra finishers and... Akuma is uh, two perfects and two ultra finishers, and you can't lose a round. You have to not use any continues. And that's through the entire session that of the game. That includes Seth. Yeah. 
You can't continue with Seth. You have to beat him in one round, too. And, oof, I don't want to think about doing that. I did it once. And then... It was awesome. I can't believe you did it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the game was lame. And... Yeah. Street Fighter ate my save. Right after I unlocked Akuma. Hey, guys. If anybody else out there is playing Street Fighter 4, and we hope you are, if this happens to you, let us know, or if you've heard of any of this, because we want to know what the shit's up with this. Yeah. More importantly, in case you haven't noticed yet, on the sidebar on our website, there's these gamer tags. Yeah, holla at us. Yo. Challenge us. Give us some challenges. Let's let's fight. Let's, let's, let's go down. down. Like, I want to get my ass whooped by our fans. Mm. That would be awesome. I want to whoop some fans' asses. The young, supple asses of the female fans. Like the, the awesome internally outfits. Yes. Just saying. I concur. <laughs> and hope to God they're not 14. Damn it, Basil. That's the risk I gotta take. <laughs> that's the risk. <laughs> you have to... You apologize. It's 1.30 in the morning right now, and... Uh... Sex. Yeah, so what was up with the people, like the Backstreet Boys, uh, like doing it. the opening theme or something? Like, I didn't think it was all that bad. It started to grow on me, which kind of scares me. What's wrong like, with it? It sounds like a boy. Band it doesn't sound yet. like a fighting game theme song to me, man. I think I think if you're going to be able to do a fighting game, I think you should bust out some metal or something like that. Yeah, I, I like Third Strikes. The Third Strikes hip hop was yeah. awesome. Like that, that was different. It was you know something special and. <laughs> Well, Street Fighter Four, you know, stage music isn't bad, but that opening theme, man, it gets to you. It does. It, it just—it's not a bad song. It's—it's it's a poppy little song. I just don't think it fits well in Street Fighter. Well, I'll give you that. And sadly, it's growing on me. And uh, yeah. one day I'm gonna come out and go, "Wow, I, I like this song." Indestructible. Do, 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 do. And one day, me and James are gonna like bust out and draw on like you know music band, and our first things will be cover of it, and we're gonna hate ourselves. But we'll be indestructible, the band. I'll be there to like throw tomatoes. And so tomatoes. and pan. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> oh. Ah. So we've been talking about Street Fighter. Well, Street Fighter not for a while, but you know, been talking for it over an hour now. So. How awesome is Street Fighter 4? It's like an EX uh, you of awesome. Times 10 million. Worth the wait of nine years awesome. It It is. Like, this is... Mm-hmm. You know, it's... You know, it's good when you get... When you, when you bust open the game, you go, oh man. You're playing, you're like, I'm back home. But it's a new home. It's a shinier home. Yes. And... You've got some different appliances than you're used to. That's exactly what it is. It's just, it, it's new, but it's familiar. And 
I don't know. For me, I recently got in. I, I didn't get into fighting games until Third Strike was a couple of years old. And it's kind of nice to have something new that I'm already all in, all into the fighting game genre about. And a bunch of our friends have started recently getting into it. Yeah. So it's something new to have everyone on a level playing field and practice and play with each other. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And you know why I like Soul Calibur 4 a lot? There's nothing quite like playing a good game of Street Fighter. Yeah. There, there's nothing like it. You know, I felt that way back when I was in middle school and grade school with Street Fighter, you know, 2 on my Super Nintendo. Oh, I played that like nobody's business. Where I would go to my friend's house, you know, because I don't want the game, and we'd grab our controllers and play for hours on end. Well, it's like you were saying earlier, Street Fighter is a deep game, whether you realize it or not. You know. I mean, there's a lot to it. But I felt like, you know, I, it's happening again, you know. Yeah. I'm playing this game for hours on end. We'll go to our anime club and go, uh, there's anime, but we can go play Street Fighter. We showed what quite possibly might be the best episode of Akimara Deep, and I'm like, Lee, you must come watch this. I'm like, no. I'm... It's got zombies, and no, he's like, no, we'll play Street Fighter. And I, re- and I really couldn't yell at him for it, because it's Street Fighter 4, and whereas at any other show, I'd be I'd be right there, too. You're, you were bitter. A little bit. Dombey. I'll watch it sometime. You know what else we are? What? Out. Booch, 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 booch. I haven't even had a chance to do my freaking, like, how many awesomes that awesome. Okay, do your fucking awesome amount of awesomes quickly. Ending theme is playing right now. Do it. Well, now I'm, I'm getting, like, what's that mean? Like, I don't know, it's freaking awesome. Whatever, let's go. This awesome cast was brought to you by a grant from The Cheat. And viewers like you. And Jamal The Cheater. Yes, and Jamal The Cheater. Fucking Johnny Five Pod. We salute you, sir. Good night. <laughs>